Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. It is with great sadness and a heavy heart that we release this episode. On April 23rd, we lost one of our most dedicated community members, David Sharif, to an epileptic seizure. David made a huge positive impact in this world, inspiring everyone around him. He was a dear colleague, genuine friend, and all-around great human. David had a heart of gold and went out of his way to check on others' comfort and well-being. Graduating from high school as valedictorian, David prided himself on being a motivational speaker, world traveler, and basketball lover. David was committed to his work as an autistic self-advocate and loved to share his personal experiences to help educate others. Taking on many roles over the past year in our global autism community, David served as our community moderator, appeared several times as a guest on this podcast, and was preparing to travel to Kenya later this year as a volunteer with our SkillCorps program. Our team is still processing what it means to no longer have David here with us. We cannot express in words how much he will be missed. For now, we send our thoughts and support to David's family. Since first coming on the podcast in September 2020, David shared many insights and personal experiences with us. He was deeply passionate about empowering others through his own story. To highlight his advocacy, we've compiled several excerpts from various episodes that David was part of. Topics include overcoming obstacles, requesting accommodations at school and work, coping with stress and sensory overload, masking and authenticity, and special interests. In this episode, discover what's possible when you're defined by your determination, dedication, and devotion. And now I present you, David Sharif. I am David Sharif, diagnosed with autism at the age of four, fulfilled my general education at a multidisciplinary school administered by a large educational nonprofit in Los Angeles. And I became the first student from my school to attend a prestigious university in the other side of the country. I am a magna cum laude graduate of Pace University with a degree in political science and peace and justice studies. Other than a community moderator with Autism Knows No Borders, I am a motivational speaker, a job coach, and an author. I published my first book earlier in March, and I was admitted to a speaker's bureau with a Jewish and disabilities organization in February. I am also a world traveler. So my Instagram name is David the Traveler. I'm also a bowler, so people can call me David the Bowler. All right, thanks, David. Assignments of how it is. Back in elementary school, we had my classmates and I had a very, very good teacher that really helped us 
improve our reading skills and really develop stronger vocabulary and how to catch sentences that really, really don't make sense and how you can connect them to normal things that people are really used to and are familiar with. So that was a very, very huge deal to really improving our reading. But once again, like what Thomas said before, reading comprehension is not one of our strengths because usually it's easy for us to interpret things that are meant to be black and white. Reading comprehension does not show any of that. It requires being a detective to really entail what the story is telling. And that's a very big challenge. And to go back again on Thomas Island's point, this is the part where I don't scare people, but this is very important because if you're not prepared for this, then you will not greatly support those individuals with special needs. More than 95% of the time, you have to communicate directly with them. Expecting them to read between the lines will cause confusion and a lot of misunderstanding. Direct communication will help the autistic individual understand what you're explaining, regardless if they are verbal or nonverbal. That is the main key to helping an autistic individual grow their social skills, develop their advocacy skills, encourage them to work harder at things no matter what they want to pursue. And going back to my schooling years, related to accommodations in the workplace. Being a counselor at summer camp was a major stepping stone because I really, really learned the aspects of having a job and how to maintain it regardless of what you choose. What the significance of being a team player how to plan activities, how to adapt to other perspectives, and how to really show that you care about the people you are supporting. So being a camp counselor at the summer camp I went to as a camper and being there for two summers was a really huge thing. But then choosing to transition away from that and to look at other possibilities, when I was an upper sophomore, I participated in an employment work readiness program, which meant that I was studying and learning the expectations of the workplace, how you have to behave, how you communicate, building your resume, writing cover letters. I also did mock interviews, which is kind of like practice interviews that really help you prepare for the real interview of the job that you are applying for. And it was such a helpful resource because if I did not participate in those workshops, then I don't think my approach to the job environment, to the workplace would be the way it is right now. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to circle back to... I'm going to pull this slash out of my hand. These slashes that were a part of my graduation regalia signify all of the countries that I traveled to during my college career, and I have traveled to five of them. They are Ecuador, Spain, Switzerland, Germany, and Italy. So those are the places I traveled to. Being a world traveler takes a lot more than reading signs in an airport or a metro system. It requires understanding the different environment that you are in. My top favorite words of how you have a good travel experience are flexibility, 
patience, accepting, having an open mind, and being able to comprehend different perspectives with the kind of culture that you chose to be in. I've definitely had my fair share of travel. Your ability to cope during these times. Really, the hardest thing, like I said before, I miss traveling the world, and it's really hurting me right now because I have not traveled internationally at all this year, and the time for me to reflect on my experiences. I have been traveling the world since I was two months old, and this is how I want to live my life. But kind of, you know, accepting and moving on with it, I have been able to manage certain things that I would do out of the traveling landscape, which is taking care of my health. So I have been managing to do workouts at home and then just walking to the park doing 30 to 40 laps around the bases with a combination of running and walking. And even during the beginning and managing other things, I have been watching a lot of Netflix and Disney Plus to keep myself entertained. And with the sporting seasons continuing, that really excites me because then I'm really feeling more entertained. And as things started to get better, I have been able to see my close relatives like my grandma and to celebrate Jewish holidays or even birthdays. It was all done virtually for Zoom meetings and having the pleasure to be invited to speak on a podcast like I'm doing right now is a huge thing. And this is the very first podcast that I am doing. And I am so proud of all the experiences that I have shared with you and how this will affect the audience once it goes out. And filling in my time, I have been working on my book. I've been working on my poems. And my health is always important, and that would definitely be the top priority behind family or other ones that can be pursued, which is <sighs> traveling the world. Mm -hmm. Going back to what you were saying, Tom, about... David, do you have something to share on this topic? For me in public spaces, geography hasn't been necessarily a problem. My biggest struggle was voice tone, where I like was speaking too loud or speaking too soft. And then I needed reminders to lower my voice, whether it was going out to dinner with family. There were times when I kind of lashed out at TSA but that was a long time ago. My parents were my greatest advocates. When I was very little, traveling to New York three or four times a year, or mainly in any urban area, I loved riding metros and subway trains. And I begged my father to take me on every subway ride, and he would just follow me wherever I go. We would stand in the front car. I would just be looking over the window right behind the, the driver area. And then my dad had to remind me. And then he pulled me back, which is wait for the other passengers to get off the train before I get, get on the train. And that has really been my favorite part of it. And then Right around my teenage years, I could finally take trains myself and getting around in public hasn't 
really been an issue. And I've definitely been educated well in avoiding stranger things that can happen and not falling into big traps that can hurt your way of self-navigation. Yeah, we'll talk more about traveling. But for me, masking is just not really interacting with anyone, just putting yourself in your own room. And then people are looking at you thinking, why do you feel so lonely? And then you really don't have a good answer to why somebody could be asking you that. And there are many assumptions that come out with it where it's like, okay, we should not interact with this person because this person is not saying a word. And I've had that struggle because I never expressed myself appropriately when being around others. The ability to verbally speak does not exactly mean that you are cooperating with others. The way you behave about it is what determines it. So masking kind of went beyond my skills. And as I was able to express myself further, masking has not felt accustomed for me. So, Michael, you mentioned something about... I guess I would be more than happy to go. I have made art in countless fields that I could bring up a plethora of. But no matter what I chose, I always made art. But the big thing I always made art through was world travel. I have been to 40 countries in five of the seven continents of the world. I have made art while sitting on a train, riding a taxi cab, persevering on long plane rides, handling the stress of delays, cooperating with cultural differences, and acknowledging that miscommunications will happen anytime, enjoying the amazing scenery of the open sea on a cruise ship, and any other kind of artistic representation that captivates me to feel more intrigued with. After traveling with my family countless times, and I still do to this day, I started traveling myself when I was 13. It was to New York City to visit my family or go to my favorite city and then upstate to a resort that I went to frequently when I was a child called Mohonk Mountain House. I made a lot of art over there through boating, skating, hiking, tree, cookie decorating, and many other things that I've done up there. Beating my brother in billiards, though he's beaten me several times. Swimming in the pool. But then where I really made art the most, at the beginning of my independent journeys, was going to sleepaway camp in the Poconos, Camp Havaya. Camp Havaya is based in South Sterling, Pennsylvania, a two-hour car ride from New York City and Philly, a direct triangle. At Camp Havaya, 
I nourished everlasting friendships that were unpredictable. It was more unpredictable that I would find my long life best friend. And this all happened the summer before high school. Even if it were to go on a camp out, jump off the trampoline and climb it while in the lake, or to kayak in the lake, zip line over the lake, try new food, and then eventually go beyond the woods, which is going to another theme park and trying a roller coaster where I would feel the adrenaline going on me, trying new games, and still having trouble comprehending historic stories from the Jews, and celebrating Shabbat in a different way than what I was accustomed to at home, and how I felt so intrigued. But the major turnaround to all of the friendships and what I was more accepted and included for was delivering an autism speech that I wrote prior to my bar mitzvah, which I gave at numerous schools all over the LA area. And this was the first time I delivered my speech out of my home state without my family being the spectators. I was not nervous one bit. I was ready to deliver it. And I was self-confident that my life would change for the better, that I would build these friendships, and that I now know that I have a second family and I do have friends out of my home state. And with that expansion, I know who is better for me. And I know that I found greater ones as greater and probably greater than my school friends. Because back in school, I was triggered the most. I was considered to be the person where I was triggered about my worldwide expeditions and all of the other experiences that I was fortunate to have. And the triggerness happened for undefined reasons. I couldn't find an answer to it. I didn't know why, and I hated it. I was able to find it at the end, and I never wanted to share it to anyone except to my family or if anyone asked me to. I was mistreated because people were envious about what I was going through and how it was making me progress fast. And that is where jealousy can happen anytime, even though it's not my intention to make others jealous. I can't change how they would perceive what I share. So that was definitely one thing I had a hard time acknowledging. If I ever wanted to share something that I loved out of world travel, then I would have not even one sentence to say it. And then I would hear a pessimistic remark out of somebody's mouth after I share it. They would use these words called obsession, and I like other things outside of just one thing. There are many assumptions as to why people say I go to that place or why I should or shouldn't. And I have been told about it several times. I've said how much I love New York City, 
I was called obsessive when I chose to go to college there. When I shared my opinion on a movie, all I heard was one reason, and I never had the opportunity to say a word out of my mouth and share why I like this movie. Because a big fact, and for many reasons, I don't always like movies that just settle in New York. While I have made art through other things out of travel, I have other major interests that connect to my travels. But summer camp has been one of the biggest impacts of them all, even from the legends who have inspired me to get to where I want to be, like Kobe Bryant right here on my poster, my forever and always biggest inspiration. (laughs) Boy, you did not deserve to lose your life in a tragedy. Ugh. Okay, but back on topic. So that's kind of where it just all kicked in. And I really couldn't find a way to get through all of that hatred. And I never expected that to happen. So I also made art with persevering through hatred that I did not deserve to experience. I want to read something that will have meaning for everyone and for others around me. This is my camp family. And my camp family has been my greatest family out of my normal family and the other supports that I've had. When I got mistreated in school for sharing my worldwide expeditions, my camp family was there. When I came home from school feeling heartbroken by the bullies trash-talking what I love, my camp family was there. When I struggled with my examinations and got poor results, my camp family was there. When I was anxious about being admitted into my dream school, my camp family was there. When I got berated about my post-high school plans with the potential to achieve my goals, my camp family was there. When I had bad nightmares and darkness or good dreams under the lights, my camp family was there. When I lost my way towards being who I am and didn't know what to do, my camp family was there. Because they were there for me. In school, I had photos of them in my binders and in my lockers, and I kept all of them with me as a guide as to what should I do. I take the advice they gave me, and I also use that to live with what I'm going through. And so if I ever had to share any interest, the most kind of art that I made is through my world travels, connecting them to my love for basketball, baseball, bowling, movies, shows, and any kind of specific artistic creativity that I would think of. And I also used my own creativity to what I've explained when persevering with the brutality and mistreatment that I did not deserve to go through for an undefined reason. So to wrap up, for my interests, my life of living with autism has been all about making art to whatever I choose. Our global autism community held a memorial event for David last Tuesday. 
Here are some stories and memories of David that we shared. All right. So this is a, this is our chance to hold space for each other and honor David. So, you know, I invite everyone to feel free to share any stories or memories or anything that comes up for you. And I can start just to break the ice a little bit. So I first met David, I actually haven't, had never met him in person, but first met him virtually the summer of 2020 when he applied to be a guest on the podcast. And he was very persistent. I remember that. Liz will definitely vouch for that. But it paid off because I could just feel his passion for the work that we do and our mission, the Global Autism Project. And when we were first building the community last year, Liz also mentioned that David was interested in being one of the moderators. So I was really excited to work with him. And every Monday we met as a team, the moderator team, it was first, it was Jeff, David, Kia, and then Liz came on and Kia went off to maternity leave. And David was always so eager to grow the community. He would always send me messages of potential podcast guests that he wanted to, to include. And that's how we got Olivia, who's also on this call. That's how we got her in the community because he recommended her. And, you know, one memory that I'll never forget, I think some of you were here for the roundtable in October when we were talking about, I think it was coping strategies and sensory overload. And there was a moment when I forgot who was talking, but David went off camera for a second. I just thought maybe he was, I don't know, doing something on the side. And he turned his camera on and he was wearing a, a Batman mask. Do you guys remember that? Yes. I think, yeah, Danielle, you were there. And it took me a second. And he's like, speaking of Halloween, and we're like cracking up, just so unexpected. So that was David. Like he definitely had just such a funny sense of humor could always find a way to make you laugh and always looked out for making sure that people felt comfortable. He respected everyone in the community. He cared about everyone on this call who was there, who is there part of the community. And another thing I want to share is that last April for our last round table, I was unable to host it due to some scheduling conflicts. And it came down to the day of, and I I thought, well, I don't want to cancel it because it's already scheduled. So maybe I can just ask someone else to take over for me. And without hesitation, I knew who it would be. And David was the perfect person to fill in. I wish I could have been there to see him in action. And I'm hoping, Karen, we can get that footage so I can reproduce the content somehow. But I was just so proud of him for stepping up. And I know it was his kind of his dream to facilitate one of those, I think. So I'm glad that he had that opportunity. Well, it's just such a strange feeling. I'm sure most of you can relate with that. It's something I still can't believe. You know, I, I imagine logging into our, our Monday meeting. So, 
Karen and family, you guys raised an amazing man. And he'll definitely be missed. <sighs> All right. That's it for me for now. <laughs> I can, Here's I community can, moderator, okay, Jeff Snyder. I, yeah. Uh, first off, I apologize for being off camera. Had a near sensory overload at work today. So, but anyway, he and I were like brothers in the, in the community. Because, you know, we could always rely on each other. And I think, you know, working together as moderators, you know, kind of helps strengthen that bond. And when I first heard that he had gone on the 25th of April, I mean, I thought it was like some kind of, it was like some kind of joke, like sick joke. But as it turns out, it wasn't. And, you know, he and I had been working together for a year. And, you know, he and I were planning on, attending uh we're planning on meeting in person this summer so you know that kind of makes it you know might makes it sting all the all that much and he and i you know we, you, you could say we were both cut from the same piece of wood and he and i both had a very strong interest we both very passionate we're both very driven and one of the things that we love to do is travel and of course that's that's one thing that we've you know had in common and, uh, you know, I always liked that, you know, he and I had plans for the community. Uh, I know we created that Jeopardy game that probably never come to pass. Maybe it can be revived at some point, but it just won't be the same. And I know we practice a lot of faiths here, but I believe in God. And I believe that God called David home because there's probably some people up there that never had anyone stand up for them when they were down here on earth or in another life. And David seemed to be the one to answer the call. And I think that's what happened. And I know for a fact that we are going to see him again. It could be in the next life because spirits never really die. And I know that that's probably what God wants. I think that's what God wants us to remember and i believe in the life eternal i believe that all evil shall be vanquished and i believe there's going to be a new life waiting for us so david love you my brother and god bless uh karen ben saeed and the entire sharif and shapiro families and uh god bless everyone on this call thank you I know I'm kind of new to this. This group, is community member Scott Edgar. I've only been to a few podcasts, but after just being here for a while, I would just say that you guys are pretty much the closest people I have with friends and family right now. I just moved from Orlando to Nashville area, and it's been pretty rough, I'm not going to lie. And I feel like lately, all my friends have just been virtual and kind of piggybacking on what Rachel said. I thought David really handled the last meeting like a boss and just gave it an A plus effort. And this is probably just one of the best meetings ever we've ever had. And I feel like that last meeting should just be dedicated to him. In this life, we really don't have anyone who can, you know, understand, you know, what we go through because we live in a neurotypical, diverse society. And yet 
just feel like after everything that's been going on, I just want to challenge everyone just to, you know, pick each other up and just like, if anyone's going through something, just reach out to somebody in the group. And yeah, when I first found out about what happened to David, I was helping movers move. And when I saw that message, I literally just dropped everything I did. And I was just in a state of shock because I've never met anyone who could die from epileptic seizure because I too have epilepsy. And it's the first time that's ever hearing something happen to someone. And it made me wonder. And just after everything's been going on, I just really appreciate this group more than ever and try not to take it for granted. One thing about me, I'm an only child, never really, you know, had like anyone who's been like, you know, an older brother or anything like that. And then if it's okay, if you, man, if I'm ever going through something, I'd like to talk to you since you have that older brother type, you know, and experience and be kind of cool if you kind of you know be like the official older brother of our group that's okay if you bud it'd be my pleasure thank you Thanks so much <laughs> i would like to say a few here's words community member guys. ryan litchfield ever since i've met david you know through this global autism community he truly was an amazing advocate and you know talking about you know his personal experiences and talking about all the accomplishments it was just truly remarkable he did a phenomenal job at the last event which he hosted he was a wonderful host he was very gracious and uh you know it's just devastating you know, i have a lot of respect for dave he was a very very you know admirable uh, very remarkable person and we're truly gonna miss him yeah. Here's community member Corbin Havener. Short connection that I had with David allowed me to be in a position where I can hopefully use my experience to to be as helpful as I can because I, you know, I have I have some things that can be easy to dwell on, but I'm trying to work past. This is community member well, Sarah Bradford. I love to try to speak without crying the entire time. <laughs> um, first off, Karen and Ben, I just, my heart has been with you every day. And Sahid, I hadn't had a chance to meet you, but I know the love that your family shares for all of you. And I'm so honored that David brought me into his world and allowed me to be his friend. And, you know, although I am doing my own thing, it was so special for him to want to be a part of it. And what an honor I had to interview Ben and David and see the inner workings of love between brothers, which I find so empowering and so inspiring. And I just am so grateful for your time and for David. And he obviously is here with us today because 
He knocked the book over right at the very beginning when we started this recording <laughs> to say thank you for having the book up here. I'm so honored I have my own signed copy. And I am just, um, I honor David in, in all the work that I do in every interview, in every heartfelt smile that I give to anyone on the road, in any handshake I give. David will always be in my heart. And I'm just so grateful that I had a chance to know him. He asked me to help moderate his group on Facebook. And I hope with your permission, I can keep that going for him. And you know, let people add value to it as, as he brought to our world and to all of us. So thank you so much. I apologize for bringing everything with tears, but I am um, say things so deeply from my heart and I just send you all my love. Thank you so much. Here's community moderator, Kia Burden. I'm still kind of, um, it's just been a, yeah, this is, it was a lot. Karen and Ben, I've gotten to be in your presence at the moderator, the roundtable events. And David is, is I mean, he, working with him every week with the community was such a pleasure. I've truly learned so much about him and learned from him. And I've talked to my family about him. And that just goes to show you the type of impact that he has on people. I mean, truly, he's just going to be so missed. And he's just such an incredible person. And I mean, look at, you know, you guys have this incredible community around you and people that love him. And I just want you guys to see, and I know you guys know, but the impact that he's had on so many people. And my hearts are with you guys. And I just, I wish I could just give you a big hug right now. Um, <laughs> this is definitely going to be, you know, tough to process, but we're all here, you know, together for you guys. And like I said, my hearts and my my prayers are with you. This is community moderator Liz but Castillo. I was talking, it just reminded me, she said that she's talked to her family about David. And it reminded me of... One of the times I had a meeting with him and I was running late because my daughter was sick. So I had to pick her up and bring her home. And I messaged him and I said, hey, like, I know we have a meeting, but I'm running late. He's like, that's okay." And so when we got on Zoom, uh, my daughter was obviously with me and I was so worried that she would like be a distraction. But instead, he was just so sweet with her. He like his voice changed like when he was talking to her. He's like, hi. Oh, you're so cute. And what's your name? And it was like the sweetest thing ever because my daughter can get shy sometimes if she doesn't know who's on the screen. She kind of like burrows her head into my chest, like if she gets shy, but with David, like she just started talking to him and was so comfortable with him. And I think it's because like he was so sweet and I think she felt that like energy and that like he's just so authentic. Um, so I, I feel like kids are like the best at picking up on people and 
who they are and their true colors. And so that little interaction was so sweet. Um, and it definitely made me feel better because I was running late and I was like, I'm so sorry. She's going to be here. I hope it's not too distracting. He's like, that's okay. Um, so it was, it was really sweet. And I'm not going to ever forget that interaction. Um, and she'll like ask sometimes, cause she's always like on all these like zoom calls with like work people and so she always like will point out when I'm looking through pictures and stuff and she's like oh like where's he because David is also my brother's name so she always like tells the difference she's like oh this is uncle David oh this is David work this is uncle David and so um she like asks like where's David work David (laughs) so yeah I just wanted to share that sweet little story with you guys um kind of lightened. I know we all miss him and it's a roller coaster of feelings, but I think as I go through this roller coaster of feelings, sometimes I just sit here and think of him and just start smiling because we've had some like really sweet moments too. <laughs> Here's community member Mary Johnston. Shiva that I only knew David for about a year, but I was really thankful to be able to get to know him. And he was someone who was always so caring and funny and energetic. You could really just kind of feel that he always wanted to be here and be a part of the podcast and add something unique and original to it. But my favorite moments with him on the podcast was always when there were questions because he would always just jump right into elaborating on them. He would want to connect with people on their special interests and ask them questions about it. And I really liked it when we were able to talk about my special interest one time we were talking about dogs on the podcast and you know we both liked Disney and different stuff and it was just really nice being able to have that over the last year and he's definitely somebody who will be missed in the community this is community member Olivia Hobbs. I unfortunately only knew David since the beginning of this year when he reached out to me on Instagram about coming to this community. And so I just thank him so much that he did that so that I could get to know everyone here. And I was listening on the Zoom funeral and just getting to hear the stories and hear how much he loved um, The Incredibles. And that's one of my favorite movies, too. And I watch it almost every day um, because it's a movie that just it, it calms me down. And so just hearing that and then I bought his book because he said he wanted to send me a signed copy. So I just bought it and just reading through all of the poems. And it seems like we had so much in common with our interests of sports and the Incredibles. And just, I really wish that I could have talked to him more um, just about all of those things, because as everyone said, he truly made you feel special when you were talking to him and made you feel like you're like the only one in the room and the only one that mattered. And he was just such a kind, genuine soul. And I always like to say, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. And his soul is up with God and he's looking down on all of us. And I know it stinks because now he's really far away, but we will get to see them all again. And I'm excited about that so that I can just um, continue to, you know, have a 
longer relationship with him than just only the the past few months but it was such an honor to have known him for that short amount of time and um my prayers and thoughts are with you and just thank you for um yeah raising an incredible person that um made my life so much better just in the few months that I knew him Here's community member Danielle Terrell. I didn't get to know David for very long or meet him in person, but one of the things that, uh, something that's so memorable and that makes David stand out was always his enthusiasm and just in his voice, you could hear all the excitement and passion, whether it was him talking about um, being a graduate from Pace University or talking about traveling, being an advocate. It was always so wonderful. And um, why I'm so grateful for this community is truly about all the connections that we've been able to make with each other. And one of the things that I noticed was um, David kept mentioning um, Carrie Magro. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, you know, is there something that, you know, you want to connect with him or, or something that you wanted to say? Um, this is what the community is about, connecting and supporting each other. So we kind of went back and forth and David was kind of like, well, good luck if you want to get in contact with him. He's a busy man. But I was like, no, you know, really like, what is it that you want to um, get across? So I just wanted to read um, what David said. Um, So he said, my mission is to follow in your footsteps and being a global professional speaker. One, what are some things you do to go behind the scenes to prepare for your speaking engagements? How can I receive more compensation for speaking engagements? Um, Were there any conferences you applied for? Besides giving talks, I received your book and I'm admired with how hard you have worked on it. One institution you forgot to mention in the book was Pace University, if I'm correct. The Pace University OASIS program is considered to be one of the top comprehensive support settings in New York. I met Temple Grandin when I got her book. I met Mitchell Nagler for the first time during my college visit at Adelphi, as well as Dr. Stephen Shore. As a matter of fact, Dr. Shore was so kind enough to invite me to share my story for one of his classes. And I can still hear David's voice in that message. Um, And unfortunately, I wasn't able to communicate uh, with Carrie before and share his message with David. So I just wanted to share with you um, what he said. And basically, Carrie said that I know David uh, followed my page and often shared amazing positive comments and messages. He seems like a great guy. I still share his video with a lot of elementary schools I speak with. That my name is David Video. So. Um, as many of us know, like he's here with us today. So (sighs) I just wanted to add real fast too, that the, my name is David video was so cool to watch and I've watched it. I like a dozen times now and I just really enjoy um, watching that video. Um, It's so, so cute. And it's just, I I really love it. And um, my past um, YouTube video that I published on Sunday, I I made sure I linked it in the description and asked everybody to to go watch it. So hopefully they are. Something I want to add to is, you know, this is something like my dad always says, people are the most important thing in your life. You know, you enjoy the memories, you know, enjoy all the, the good times that you've had, you know, the best of times and the worst of times, as they say. And I think, you know, 
looking at, you know, what David has done, you know, for our autism community and the people that he has impacted, he really valued people. He really cared for people. Again, it's like he was just somebody great to talk to, just somebody, you know, just to get great ideas about too. And he was very good with providing feedback on a variety of different things. You know, what are your thoughts? Like, you know, thinking about, you know, hiring more people on the autism spectrum you know, to run this kind of a program, to continue something like what David has done, like to continue to do the advocating and to do the training and the education, kind of like the whole idea of pay it forward and, you know, really getting the autism community and getting even individuals on the autism spectrum to feel like they can be a part of something and have that branch out. So I do think, you know, that's why it's important for all of us to be compassionate and kind to one another, to support each other during these difficult times, because we all have things that we go through in life and you just don't know, just like, you know, in this circumstance, you know, what has happened is very sad and unfortunate, you know, and it just really makes you appreciate life a little bit more, I think, in terms of like, just being really grateful and thankful for the things that you have in your life. So I think that's like the takeaway, you know, especially from what David has shown us in his life. And again, I think, you know, that's really key is people's the most important thing in your life. Okay. I do have something else to say, (laughs) you know, just a few weeks ago, David invited me to be a guest on the Flutie foundation and I had about three summits and other things going on that week. And I had prepared so much stuff and I went on and I, you know, did the, um, the presentation. And when I was done, I realized that I had talked about the wrong topic on the entire (laughs) thing. And it wasn't like, you know, horribly, but it was about adult transitioning. And I talked a lot about parenting and I, it was so funny. I talked to David and he just said, you never have to say sorry. You know, there's no sorries necessary. And I was so embarrassed of course, but he said, Oh, I don't think anyone will even notice. (laughs) And it was just so sweet of him. But yeah, I just had wanted to say that and I had forgotten about it. So I just wanted to add that. This is David's father, Saud Sharif. I did listen to that podcast. And honestly, I didn't notice it <laughs> because it all gelled so well and flowed so beautifully that it, I did not notice anything different. And I thought that was just apropos that how you blended your husband and your children and your family. And, and we got to know you a lot better. So thank you so much. Thank you. My honor. Thank you. I'm just going to say one uh, quick thing here, and I'm going to turn my video on here, but I think probably one thing that would be a great way to honor David's memory is to maybe create a scholarship in his honor that could benefit, whether it's a graduating student with autism or any kind of disability. I think it would be the greatest Thing we possible. There are people out there that are like David, who have the determination, who have the the skill, the desire to live life to the fullest. And I believe it would be a tremendous honor 
there could be a scholarship in, in his name. So, Jeff. This is David's mother, Karen I Shapiro. Think that's a lovely idea. I would like to see you, this group, the people that he came to work with every Monday and who he came to be at roundtables with. And the Global Autism Project was his dream. It was his dream community. It was people all over the world supporting each other with autism. So we'll figure something out to honor him within the Global Autism Project because that's what he would want. And that's where he felt his dream was to eventually be on staff there. That was his hope and his dream. And he felt so loved and so embraced by by this community that it was awesome. And I'm choosing to think of David. A friend of ours said, David will never be a was. He will always be an is for me. So David is for me. He will remain. And we will make sure the way you can keep each of you can do that is by doing the work you do each day, by being together and supporting each other, by continuing to grow and by continuing to do the incredible podcasts that those of you who do podcasts do. I've seen I've seen Rachel and S.J. Childs and also he's, I know, done others with some of you. And by sharing my name is David. That is a beautiful gift because I know that will support families and other children. For those of you who don't know, one of the things that David felt so good about was soon after he did that, Claymation video, he got a letter from a child who he saw the video and he decided to share with this class that he was autistic because he saw that video. So those are the gifts we can continue. We all have David in our hearts with everything. I know you do. You wouldn't be here otherwise. And so you recognize David by and his shining light by doing the work that you do each and every day, all of you. And Kia, he was so happy you were becoming a mom. I remember <laughs> him saying, you're going to make a great mom. <laughs> so you've had, I'm new. Did you have the baby? It's funny you said that I just, I went to just go uh, feed him really quick, but (laughs) he was so excited and uh, I did, I did post the picture. So I'm, I'm, and he commented on it. So I'm glad that um, he got to see him. Oh, that's great. I'm glad because I missed out. (laughs) But all of you played a very important role in his life and made him very proud and very happy and felt very loved. So thank you from all of us here 
We're grateful. We want to stay connected in whatever ways we can support each and every one of you, as well as the Global Autism Project. We want to do that. We love you all. Thank you, Karen. Here's our CEO of the Global Autism Project, Molly Pinney. Thrilled to be able to be here with you all and seeing you all. You know, when you start the Global Autism Project, you don't you don't imagine that you'll be speaking at times like this. And I think hearing what you have to say about how this was this was David's dream. I mean, it was also our dream to have him as a staff member. I think we'll probably list him in our in our staff directory. I don't see any reason he wants to be an incredible, incredible team member here. I just want to thank this entire community, this podcast, Rachel, for putting this together and creating this. Because I think, you know, being able to embrace and shine, you know, allow someone like David to shine is just, that's, that's our dream. And it's so, so special to us that he is part of the Global Autism Project team. He will always be part of the Global Autism team. We will continue to share and to honor him and celebrate him. He was such a shining light. I was able to meet him recently on a round table that we did, and I was just amazed by his insight. And I was reading through, he and I messaged quite a bit about his future with the Global Autism Project and his, his plans. He had it all mapped out. Um, so he will officially be joining our team. We'll, we'll be listing him as a team member at the Global Autism Project, and he will always be, always be very special to us. And I just feel so grateful to have this community as part of the organization. It is the organization. This is what we're doing. This is what we're building. And I just want to just, again, thank you for raising such an incredible human and know that we were all deeply, deeply devastated by, by his loss. And on another level, know that he's here with us and he'll be guiding our work and he'll be we can use all the help we can get right now, you know? So we're taking on some big things as an organization. So, and yeah, so thank you all. Thank you for, thank you for being here and thank you for sharing and all that your, your family did to support him and getting him to where he was as a human is, is so, so evident and so incredible. And we love him so much. So thank you. Lovely to meet you. And we will talk a lot more. This is community member Michelle Vinokurov. About with David and everything, about how much he was such a light to everybody in this community and everything. And like, like also to me personally, the fact that like I met him online in the autism community and he was featured on my blog website, The World of Autism, twice for just to getting to talk to him like as an advocate and just with like sharing about like with his projects of being a global speaker with advocating about with autism and just the fact that with sharing about like the topic that we did just a year ago, we were talking about with the pandemic and with having perseverance through it and everything. And it just, you know, we had such back and forth messages and everything. He was always inviting me to all these Facebook groups and everything he created online and stuff and was would tell me about with college because 
I'm currently in college and when he would provide some tips and everything. So like he really brought a light to everybody, including myself and made such an impact to you just to keep on advocating. And that's what he would want all of us to do. Like he wants for all of us to just keep on advocating for others and to know that, like to continue that of everything that we're doing because each and every one of us has something that David like really appreciated in all of us. So, yeah. Hey, though, um, and ju- just something to say, and I think um, can really encompass everything is, um, you know, I go out or do anything or go out. It, a, a lot of times it just feels like a world full of complete strangers out there. People that I would just pass by know absolutely nothing about or how many people I may have had even an interesting conversation with, but never even so much as get their name. And, you know, in the short time I was able to know David, you know, it's like, it's some, it's like somebody I've known forever. You know, sometimes it just feels like there's nothing but a bunch of strangers out there. And, you know, it was, uh, it was very comforting to be connected with. I want to say one more thing. If any of you ever want to reach out to me, feel free. You can yeah. reach out to us anytime. Me as well. Yeah. We feel um, very much part of this family because David felt so, because you, David would talk about you all the time, not individually, but collectively. All, collectively. And oh. now I feel have having come to some of the roundtables, it's been such a pleasure to see all of you at different times and to read what you've written and, and what you've done is is a pleasure. So feel free. We're your we're your family too. Yes. See, um, my personal mission <laughs> in life has always been to impact. If I've made a difference in one life, I think I've fulfilled my purpose in life. I, low ball, high ball, whatever <laughs> you may call it, but seeing that how his mission in life was to make a difference, to help people understand that at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we may have our differences, we may have our issues, we may have our challenges, but he just saw everybody as a beautiful human being and to have made a difference in so many people's life to me, that's very fulfilling as a parent, as a father, to see how he helped change and make people understand. So to me, that's just beautiful. And I hope that as long as I'm alive, that I'm able to carry on his mission and all of us carry on his mission in helping people make them feel better in every, any which way that we can. His dream was that everyone, no one be underestimated, yeah. that everyone fulfill their dream, their desire, that there be no self-doubt. Yeah. He had no self-doubt. He just persevered. He didn't let any obstacle get in his way. So that's your challenge now, is to... Really think of him and just keep going if you have a challenge. Just don't doubt. 
yourself. Mm. Just do, just be. That's how you can be with David. Absolutely. He loved each and every one of you, and that's what he'd want for each and every one of you. So when you start to doubt, because we all do, think of David and just go for it. May he be your guiding light. May he be your North Star. Yes. Um, Life wasn't easy for him, honestly. But he took on every challenge. And sometimes he would amaze us too. And I, as a parent, as a father, would feel, oh, maybe he can't do it. But he would (laughs) prove me wrong every time. (laughs) You know, we wanted to give him as many life skills as we possibly could. It took me almost a year to teach him how to drive. But he got his driver's license and he was so proud. And driving in California is not easy. Los Angeles. And Los Angeles especially, not California, (laughs) Los Angeles. Um, But he did it. And when Ben and David and and Grandma were there with us for the holiday and he wanted to drive. And he drove to his favorite restaurant. He was a little tentative, but he drove and he followed all the rules and regulations. And he felt just more comfortable being in New York because he didn't have to drive. But he, he was so happy. He loved the subway. He loved he loved the subway. The subway. Exactly. And he could go but, anywhere. And he loved, he was always independent. Right. He always wanted right. to be independent. And he was so proud that he had his driver's license and that he could just go through security and show his identification and, and you know, feel comfortable about it. And so, you know, things were difficult, but challenging at times, but he would persevere. He would just... No doubt. Bulldozed his way through life. And, and, and just, so that's the spirit, that's the message I want to share with all of you that, you know, there are peaks and valleys all along in our daily lives. And when you hit the valley is when you have to really think, okay, it can be better. It can get better. It, it, and, and we are living through it ourselves right now. This is not an easy moment in our lives, but we'll get through this too. It's somehow the wound will always be there, um, but we just hope that over time it'll heal a little bit. For me, you doing your work will yes. help. Yes, that's that helps. That knowing that each better. of you yes. will be out there doing the work. But Here's David's brother, Ben Sharif. Coming together as a community, community. to support each other yeah. as well. Yes. I think is essential. Absolutely. And to yeah. hold your loved ones close. That's almost yes. And and they will lift you up. You will lift them up. It takes a community like this. And I'm so grateful that he brought us all together. I yes. I I really feel this is very special, the bond that we all have and the and I know he did as well. Right. And one yeah. last thing, Mary, just, just Mary, right? Am I yeah. saying it? I just wanted to share with you. I know in the Zoom you talked about when you mentioned, have you considered a poodle? Um, <laughs> so David was, you know, always afraid of dogs. And I'll, I'll tell you the reason why it was when he was a baby, 
I don't know whose dog it was. It was a stranger's dog. It was a stranger's dog. And out of love, you know how animals are. It came and it bounced on him and it startled him and it scared him a lot. And also the sound of the bark. And the sound of the bark. And for a very long time, he was afraid of dogs. And he would ask if he would, we were visiting some friends, do they have a dog? Or do then they, he wouldn't want to go. He wouldn't want to go to their house or he wouldn't want to until the dog was put away somewhere where he, the dog wouldn't come. And for the, the fact that he talked to you about the dog and having a poodle, <laughs> to me, that's a huge leap in his life. To, he became unafraid of pets. Right, he to, loved the idea. Yeah, he said, it's not that he did not love the pets, but I think that he was traumatized by that first uh, and then interaction. He has a good poem called Dog Love. Yes. Yeah, he has a yes. poem in his book called <laughs> right. Dog Love. And if you don't have his book and you want his book, let me know. Let us know. Yes. Let us know. Happy yeah, yeah. Get happy. So I just, Mary, I just wanted to share that in a little piece of nugget with you that uh, to hear that he talked have you considered a poodle (laughs) 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 made me laugh a little bit so Mm. thank you thank you for sharing that memory with me yeah thank you everyone and thank you everyone for sharing your memories and 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 thoughts and for coming together this means so much to our family my mom my sister yeah my husband, my son, and I. <laughs> Lots of love. And give your loved ones a hug. A big hug. Yes. A big hug. Find yeah. you. Thank you. Before we all close off, I want to end with a quote from David. Okay. Uh, so he actually sent this to me saying, like, I think this is a good quote for people to know about me. <laughs> so I want to. We're going to close off with this quote. It says, I don't understand doubters who disparage. My dedication, determination, and devotion will always define who I am. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yes. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. We'll absolutely continue our conversation and Continue to honor and celebrate David as a member of our team. Well, hi, David. I'll see you soon, my brother. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. Losing David has reminded all of us of just how short and precious life is. Hold your loved ones close and cherish every moment you spend with them. David, you are an incredible human and you'll be forever missed. Rest in peace, dear friend.